I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, guys. So normally this is the part of the show where I advertise my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. But I have something a bit more important to advertise today. No, this isn't a joke. This isn't like when I was like, oh, Paleo Bites hemorrhoid cream. And no, this isn't a joke on a joke. It's like, oh, this is Paleobites energy drink formula. No, of course not. No. And this isn't Paleobites toilet paper either. Ugh, okay, okay. I really undermined myself by doing so many jokes. So I have an actual book for you to actually buy with actual money. It's called Tesla Knots. It's a steampunk set in the 1920s about a secret group of government agents led by Nikola Tesla that use incredible technology hidden to the world. And the main character learns of this organization on a quest to find out what happened to his father who's been missing since World War I. And it's a romp. You really should check it out. It's available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at Thrift Bookstores Online. It's available for ebook and print. It's getting great reviews so far, and you should be part of the movement, because this book is what's current. <laughs> Electrical pun. Also, I've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. And this month, we're talking about Disney's Dinosaur as our pop culture featuring prehistoric animals, an underrated movie from 2000. You can check that out, I guess, too. Check them out on both. Support your local artists. Link is in the description for both of these things. Thank you for your support, and have a good day! Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleo Bites, the podcast that's kind of like those other paleontology shows where they'll talk about, like, caudal vertebrae and fenestrae and other dry stuff, but instead replaces it with... <laughs> Just farts. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> farts and Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Matthew Dahl, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week, I'm joined by the death-stricken, not really, <laughs> New Zealander, Ben O'Regan. How are you? <laughs> I still got COVID. You got COVID. I still haven't gotten it yet, but... Uh, well, it's only a matter of time at this point. Count yourself lucky. Even the mildest strains are bloody horrible. Yeah, no, exactly. But, like, mostly it's just, like... You feel really bad for, like, a day or two now, and then after that you're basically fine. Like, so... It's gotten mild enough, and which is good. I mean, still be careful, obviously, and you never know who yeah. could react to it poorly, so... Exactly. But it's yeah, it sucks. I do not look forward to the day when I eventually get it because I'm sure it's only a matter of time. But yeah, so here is my dinosaur-related question that is um, <laughs> very dark, but I guess is fitting with the theme uh, that we're talking about here in terms of COVID. 
So <laughs> it seems the, the general consensus seems to be that COVID came from a bat, right? Yeah, with their with it, it potentially all of this does lean in conspiracy. It could have been from a lab, but we really don't but know yeah, for but sure. It could have been, but mostly people are think that someone ate a bat wrong or something. Or a wrong yeah, or some or kind of cross contamination from those horrific okay. live food markets. Exactly. Okay, so we imagine a Jurassic Park style or Jurassic World style world where the dinosaurs are roaming free and they're everywhere, and people are starting to eat the pterodactyls. Which pterodactyl that people eat do you think would make the worst disease? <laughs> Probably Dimorphodon, because that thing's an ugly-looking thing. Yeah, I'd say Ignorinaceus or Dimorphodon, yeah. Just don't eat the Dimorphodon. We saw in Jurassic World Dominion, they're already serving... They were serving some of those locusts, too, <laughs> in that plain thing in Malta. Like, <laughs> they were just like... I actually didn't notice did that, you? but I did see them cooking up um, some sort of prehistoric animal. Yeah, they're cooking up some stuff, and yeah, they're cooking up one of the locusts, too. <laughs> okay, good luck, guys. That whole animal market angers me. Oh, yeah, but it's supposed to anger you. There's a scene. You haven't seen the uh, the extended edition, right? Not yet, because I haven't been able to get out and get it on DVD yet. There's a scene in the extended edition where that people, some people are complaining about, but like, they're like, oh, it's meant to be funny. I'm like, no, I think it's meant to be horrifying. And to show how bad this place is, there's a scene yep. where, like, this they, in this animal market, the lepto, the not the the Lystrosaurus is fighting like a little oviraptor. Yep. And then as as they're fighting, uh, the Lystrosaurus bites the oviraptor's head off, and that the oviraptor kind of stumbles around like a headless chicken. It doesn't die right away. Uh. So that's kind of horrible. Meant to, it is really horrible, but it's like, it's meant to be horrible. People are like, oh, it's meant for jokes. No, it's not. I mean, you might laugh and be like, whoa, I didn't expect that. But it's meant to be like, this place yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it like, hits home in that whole thing that Jurassic World onwards has been going on, which is like, captivity's fine, but the whole private animal trade and the, the more overt exploitation, like SeaWorld type stuff with the whales and that is bloody horrible. And you see it with how the exactly. animals in that market are treated. Exactly, exactly. Although I do like those Atrociraptors are really good. I know they kind of look just like Velociraptors except for more squarish jaws. And been bulkier. But I just love the fact that they're Atrociraptors at all. Like, some of them are like, oh, I'd rather they be a different type of Velociraptor. Like, no! New species, Atrociraptor. Now I also know like that Femi Fatale's comment about them, which is like, these are thoroughbreds, no flashy hybrids here. Even though they have scales and no feathers, but I do like that too. But yeah. point being, they're only hybridized of what they need to be to fill in the gaps. They're not like a mismatch of different dinosaurs. Exactly, exactly. And and they do have the whole laser pointer thing, which yeah. I know some people are like, well, why don't they just use a gun? But here's the benefit that like I see. To, like You could use that. It seems like it could work with any laser as long as you have the acoustic. You could just get yeah. like a little cat laser. Yeah, and, and then, the like, whole point of the, the laser lighter thing is that they'll only target the people that they're made to. So whatever method they were using to train them, one, it's the yeah. same as they're using on the, indom um, the Indoraptor, but two, it's nowhere near as cruel because it seems to have worked. Exactly, exactly. So... I don't mind that. And plus, it makes a good action sequence with the motorcycles. Right. <laughs> I've been wanting a good uh, motorcycle chase in the Jurassic Park series since I read the one in The Lost World. There's been a few close ones. Like, there were some motorcycles in The Lost World. There were some motorcycles in... Uh, well, there's that one motorcycle in Jurassic World. But yeah, the, that, the, the yeah. Jurassic World Dominion, that one's like the first proper one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because like, if you've uh, read um, the Lost World novel, there's a bit where Sarah Harding's driving along on a bike and she's got Kelly on the back holding the um, dart gun with the that you never see actually get used yeah. in the movie. And they yeah. use it to kill a raptor that's stolen a set of keys to a crate that the other kid, Arby's, trapped in. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because um, Kelly in the movie 
as a composite of the young white girl Kelly and the young black boy Arby. And they oh, rolled them into sense, yeah. Ian's daughter, who is mentioned in the um, offhand in the original novel because Malcolm has kids, but you never actually see her. Yeah, like in the first movie, uh, Malcolm says he has three, and then Dominion, he says he has five, so. Yeah. But he, he probably settled down and had a family with Sarah Harding. Mind you, the yeah. fact that he was flirting with Sattler so much in the final film makes me think yeah. he didn't last with Harding either. Well, no, exactly. And also, to be fair, that was kind of a throwback to the first movie where they were kind of flirting. And yeah, and then he was trying to maintain his cover too, so. It's true, it's true. Uh, uh, but he was pretty cool, though, wouldn't you say? And speaking of cool, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Coolasukas, uh, <laughs> which is, uh, it means the crocodile of Leslie Cool, who's a paleontologist. And uh, it's best known from walking with dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, type is a Temnospondyl, an order of early amphibians that flourished in the Carboniferous and Permian two geological periods way before this one. Uh, uh, size, 10 to 16 feet, slash 3 to 5 meters long, 880 to 1,100 pounds, 400 to 500 kilograms. So 16 feet. It's about as large as the biggest saltwater crocodiles in Australia get. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, yeah. Uh, diet carnivore. Time, early Cretaceous, 121 to 109 million years ago. Again, way late for a Temnospondyl. And as of 2022, the official state fossil emblem of Victoria, yep, Australia. If, exactly, and that's its location, Victoria, Australia. And yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the official fossil of it. It was described in 1997. Pop culture appearances, uh, as you mentioned, the documentary Walking with Dinosaurs, but it's also in the documentary Paleo World. It's in Disney's Earth. Dinosaur. And the video games, Jurassic Park Builder, Jurassic World The Game, Jurassic World Alive, and whatever this one's called, Dinosaur Simulator. And it's technically in Zoo Tycoon, but you don't actually see it as a separate animal. It's part of that whole Lisbondal house thing that you can build with dinosaurs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when people think of the giant amphibians of prehistoric times, they usually think back to the coal swamps of the Carboniferous when everything was all muggy and gross and full of bugs and goo and other perfect stuff for giant amphibians to flourish. This group was called the Temnospondyl a group of primeval amphibians that could reach upwards of 30 feet in length. I'm talking specifically about Prionosuchus on that one. Mm. So, 30 feet, that's like almost the size of like a Dinosuchus, but it's an amphibian. Like, yeah. Probably helps that they, it looks like they're very rarely if ever left the water. Exactly. They're much more fish-like too with those newt tails. Um, yeah, they do look but, a um, lot like a um, giant salamander. Well, like, Prionosuchus in particular looks like a... It has a long snout like a crocodile, so it looks like a giant salamander... A newt salamander with a crocodile head, or a gharial head, more like. <laughs> long well, I head. haven't seen reconstructions of that one, so that's why I didn't know. Whereas yeah, no, if you it's, look it's, at Prionosuchus, my... it looks more like um, Diplocalus or whatever, you know, that one with the boomerang yeah, head? Yeah, it's got the, it's got the big boomerang head. Yeah, this one looks more like... Yeah, like a more traditional store of newt sort of thing, just big. <laughs> like, sort of like the Japanese giant salamander, you know that one? <laughs> Yeah, Japanese that's what I was comparing man. it to before. Oh, yeah. It does look like that, yeah. As you mentioned, it's a very late surviving representative of its group, and it thrived in climates that were too cold for crocodiles, or crocodilians, it's... rather, during the Cretaceous. That's the thing. That's that's why it lived for that long. But see, so the Tenospiles did survive the Permian extinction and continued to flourish into the Triassic, involving into successful families such as the Trematosaurids, which are among the only amphibians adapted to life in the sea. Did you know that? Mm. I learned that when researching this. There are sea amphibians back in the Triassic that were in the Temnospondyls. I wouldn't know how, um, where they reproduce in salt water. I guess. Apparently there's this one now called the crab-eating frog, 
or something that like it's sort of salt water. It can tolerate salt water to a point, and it's modern, but like it's only one species. So. Yeah. Usually amphibians are freshwater, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, because I've always wondered why we've never found any fossil um, evidence, like, it's not to mean that they didn't happen at some point, because who knows. But, like, yeah. some kind of giant marine amphibian that had gone neotonic, so effectively had returned to being a fish almost, by, like, becoming right. reproductive in the tadpole stage, keeping the gills. The, yeah, that could be cool, that could be cool, I, I'd like that. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of The Little Mermaid, there's this part under the sea they rhyme all these animals with their instruments they're playing. They say the newt has the flute, and they see like a big newt with a flute. And I'm like, that wouldn't be in the ocean, but I like the lyric. Ironically, amphibians weren't the first um, group to go back to the sea. They were beaten by reptiles way back in the Triassic. Um, I forget the name. I think it was Mesopotamia or something. There were these weird, yeah, crocky yeah, like things. The, the like sort of like of like those, and also like the Nothosaurs too. Yeah, like those are like the early reptiles going back to the sea too. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And then, yeah, like most, most uh, other than amphibians, there's been a lot of marine vertebrates that aren't, that aren't uh, fish. Because, you, you know, birds obviously yeah. did with penguins. And before they had spirit yeah. markets. Yeah, exactly. And then you got uh, whales. So mammals did and seals. Yeah. And, and then so, with purely reptile groups, you had... Um, monitor lizards which became or you know relatives of them which became the mosasaurs because they filled exactly. in the niche that was left by ichthyosaurs dying out that's the thing that always fascinates me about mosasaurs they are in the squamata order of reptiles that includes lizards and snakes they are basically sea serpents like they are yeah. like they are so closely related also to amazing how quickly they evolved because i think they're only really a thing in the last 30 to 25 million years of the cretaceous yeah, no, they yet- only if the new reconstructions yeah. are anything to go by, while well, they hadn't made it there yet, just like the um, early ichthyosaurs and the Triassic, they reached the, um, that shark-like shape. Well, yeah, and also, shape yeah, they did. Very like, quickly. They had the lobe fin tail, like with the big, like yeah, and they probably had yeah, a fin on their back. Exactly. Well, we're finding that most of them had like fish-like fins in the end too. We now think a lot of plesiosaurs had that too. So makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's but, just amazing uh, how much like like if you look at them in the '90s, they just look like these big spiny crocodile-like things. Um, but now yeah. they look more like um, knockoff ichthyosaurs. They do, they do. Well, and especially if you go into one of our favorite uh, things, the speck, the speculative evolution. Yeah, of I was actually about to say that they predicted them becoming light. Then, and then it turned out real life had been speck to it. 
exactly. But like some of them in spec look basically like lizard sharks. In fact, I think wasn't isn't one of them literally called a lizard shark? Yeah, the mo sharks. <laughs> like yeah, the lizard sharks or lizard whales. Yeah, oh, good stuff. And I love while it. we're on about spec, they had some pretty out there but cool stuff. In there. Like you had the baleen squids, which had basically turned into these whale-like squids that um, were oh, filter yeah. feeders. And then um, you had the um, screaming ninja penguins of death, which were seal-like penguins. I some love of them were whale-like. And then in the South Pole, you had giant. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it on the Patreon. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. So consider uh, that a teaser, everyone. Exactly, exactly. So Unfortunately, um, the project is dead. It is, it is. But you can find copies of it online, so... Yeah. Um, it's just a good little remnant of the internet. There's even um, the PDF so, I've got floating around. So, uh, anyways, back to Kulasukas. <laughs> um, as the Triassic continued on, and the Archosaurs continued to expand their scaly claws across all available niches, they started getting outcompeted, uh, particularly by a feisty group of Archosaurs known as the Crocodilians, as we mentioned earlier. So, <laughs> while Temnos bottles lived all around the world back in the day, by the time of the Jurassic, they were only known from Asia and Australia. There are only four known species currently known after Triassic. Uh, there's Cyderops from the early Jurassic, Gobiops from the mid-Jurassic, and Cynobrachiops from the late Jurassic. I'm guessing Gobiops comes from the Gobi Desert. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gobi and then Cynobrachiops is from China. So, um, Well, uh, of course, it's got Cyno in the name. Yeah, exactly. So, the last one, though, the only known Tendospondyl from the Cretaceous, and thus far the last known member of its entire family, is Kulosuchus from the early Cretaceous. So that's what we're talking about here. The last member of this one great lineage, living alone in the cold waters of southern Australia that crocodiles could not survive in, particularly in the winter. It makes me feel kind of sad for it. It's like... Yeah. It's, it was it's, probably it's... found on the South Pole, too, now, if you think about it, because Australia and Antarctica were one continent back then. They were, and that's like... And that's how, like, certain groups got around like that's the marsupials got to australia because i think they first evolved in south america but then they walked through antarctica heck, and by the time they got to australia the meteor hit and they had all these heck, i actually issues. wouldn't be surprised if um one day when antarctica's forward if global warming keeps going on or if we just start digging there again we do find oh, that there's some so many actually, fossils in antarctica i'm sure yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if some um of its like a descendant of called the sucus or a related timnospondyl hung on past the KT boundary until Antarctica glaciated because it would have been too cold for crops. Right, right, exactly. It's But it's like, it's just, it's kind of sad to see this old thing just kind of clinging on in this, it's it's kind of like the last blockbuster of, like, in the, the video store. There's one still left, and I think it's in Alaska yeah. or something, or Oregon. <laughs> like, it, it just, it's still there, and at this point, it's basically a tourist attraction. Yeah, and I remember John over. Oliver did, like, our, um fundraiser for it where they bought like the gladiator jock strap from gladiator that was worn by russell crowe for and stuff <laughs> yeah i could see that but like yeah this blockbuster it's like the blockbuster company is dead so this store is family owned and it's it's basically now yeah. just a tourist attraction although it does sell it does the blockbuster things but, but yeah, you can rent movies video stores it. as a whole the only place you really find them in the u.s now is like small family owned ones out in the flyover states well right. i mean streaming is just way more convenient now like but it's also who the heck watches um vhs anymore exactly well some people do (laughs) as a joke did you know like a couple years back uh as like a comic-con sort of gift uh ryan reynolds gave out vhs copies of deadpool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm not surprised it is the superior video format (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so like that was a collect. You can get a collector's item, Deadpool on VHS, a movie from 2016, well after VHSs were dead. Yeah. And <laughs> if anyone doesn't get that line, I just said it's a reference to a show that I watched a few episodes of on Cartoon Network called The Regular Show at one point. Oh, I was wondering what that quote was from. That makes sense. Yeah, there's an uh, episode but, yeah. where they're looking for a video rental that's gone missing, and um, when they go to the video store, the guy's like, well, it is the superior format to DVD. <laughs> <laughs> was sort of like do you remember hd dvd when that tried to be a thing and then blu-ray destroyed it yeah <laughs> like yeah so just like vhs uh, versus betamax which was before my time yeah but it's just it's that's why i imagine kula Sukas is like it's just this last <laughs> thing <laughs> that's fulfilling this niche in this one little part of the world that's like yeah. clinging on the one equivalent would be the coelacanth yeah exactly uh coelacanth is good stuff uh Oh, that's such a cool-looking fish. It's a creepy-looking thing. It is. It is so creepy-looking. Like it's the eyes. Yeah. No. Exactly. It very is. Uh, Kulasukas is also creepy-looking too. Uh, <laughs> True. I think, anyways. Yeah. Walking with dinosaurs made it look too cute. There. If you look at the actual finger, that's proper size, not that mid-size individual from well, I also the think... Aussie. So it's a creepy-looking Japanese salamander-like well, thing. Exactly. Well, also, I think Walking with Dinosaurs, while it, did, it kind of looked cute from up close, there were a few scenes where it just looked very ominous, because, like, this is so weird. Like, like it had kind of a spooky feel to it, I think. True, but when you but saw like, it out of water or mostly unsubmerged, it just looked kind of goofy cute. Yeah, like that close-up when you looked at it from when it was swimming in the water on its own. Then it was kind of cute, but, like, when it was stalking the Lineasaura, or then when it grabbed that one from the... Oh uh, yeah, when it ate the alpha. F- no, it didn't eat the alpha female, did it? I think that was a polar allosaur. No, no, no. That, that, that was yeah, polar allosaur slash, as we know now, australovenator. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, but here's the thing. This is what happened, Kulazukas. Australia separated from Antarctica and started moving further up north. And who came back but the crocodiles? <laughs> so. And that was the last blow for Kulasukas, the Tenmos Bondles as a whole. Yeah, unless we uh, find a late surviving relic somewhere, which wouldn't be that surprising, but it would be a matter of yeah, like, again, well, maybe some, they? Yeah, maybe when, like you were saying, maybe when Australia and Antarctica separated, but there were some still in Antarctica. I know, as many, I wouldn't be surprised if we find, like with the Coelacanth, there's some, like a relic descendant living somewhere, but it would be a matter of, like, well, we're though, since we've explored most places. Well, because, like, I think yeah. Antarctica didn't, like, freeze-freeze until, like, the no, late Eocene. Yeah, I think it, like, it glaciated quite a bit, and then I think um, even during the Miocene, it still had a bit of life on it, like, shrubs all so, the edges. that'd be amazing if we found, like, one more surviving Temnospottle from, like, the Paleocene or Eocene. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I seriously doubt it, yeah. but how cool would that be? No, it'd be even cooler it. if we found a species still alive today. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, Temnos bottles, you just won't die. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, let's rate it 1 out of 65 million. Coolasukas, the first and the last. <laughs> exactly. Coolasukas, pretty cool, I'd say. I can give it a cool uh, yeah. 55 million, because it's cool, man, this Coolasukas. Yeah. I'd probably rate it like maybe 45 million, just because at the end of the day it is an amphibian. Yeah, amphibians. Amphibians are creepy. Man. I, I've never liked amphibians. Maybe just because I think of witches. I don't even like, like frogs. 
Frogs are creepy as hell. People don't seem to get, like, they're cute, I get it, but then the way they just jump suddenly, it's, ah, they're like the jump scare. Yeah, have you ever seen them like, eat something? It's terrifying. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's very terrifying. And, like, the fact that, like, the poison dart frogs have that much poison. How do they have that much poison on such a tiny little thing? Indeed. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Anyways, all right, well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at matt at matthewdonncreator.com for any general questions to either co-host or any of the co-hosts. Um, you can find me on social media at matthewdonncreator on Facebook, at matthewdonc64 on Twitter, and matthewdonc64 on Instagram. And I regret to inform you all, I finally went down the rabbit hole at matthewdonc64 on TikTok. I am on TikTok now. Oh, God. <laughs> I finally, it took me long enough, but I was like... Yeah, I kind of get it now. So I, at the longest time, I was like, TikTok, you kids. Uh, and enjoy like, it while you can, because a lot of Western countries are banning it for surveillance reasons. Oh, because it's basically Chinese spy software, I know. Pretty much, that. I just didn't want to be the one to go there. I get that. No, I've heard that too, but yeah, if you want to follow me on the Chinese spy software. It's also really, really popular with creeps. I can see that too, because a lot of girls dance scantily clad on it. But at the same time, you can also find like a bunch of like science stuff, and like I follow a lot yeah. of science stuff and space stuff, and other sort of short videos from people. So there's some good stuff on there if you know how to look yeah. uh, for it. So true that, and there's a lot of uh, funny reaction vids. Funny reactions, people like ranking movies and other stuff. Like people using like fart sprays for as pranks, and like cars and recording their partners' reactions. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my favorite one I saw was this uh, <laughs> this one girl uh, giving those little test thing to her husband. Yep. And her husband was like, oh, this isn't very funny. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, I like, see it's positive. It's like, oh, uh, you're giving me a COVID test. You tell me it's positive. We're just about to go on a trip. It's like, no, you know what that is? And it's like, no, I know what this is. Like, this guy did not get that it was actually pregnancy a pregnancy test. <laughs> it was a pregnancy test. And she was trying to tell him that she was pregnant, but he just kept thinking it was a bad joke because, like, they were going to go on a trip and she was testing positive for COVID. If someone's getting divorced. <laughs> I know. It was really funny. You never saw how he acted later when he was like, oh, no, it wasn't. A, it's a pregnancy test. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Anyways, all right. Uh, I also have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. I might have mentioned some amphibian, because, like, the third book does go to Antarctica. Uh, yep. and some amphibians were hibernating in the winter, but I never I don't think I said Kulasukas by name. <laughs> um, but... I don't know if I did that. I don't. Who knows? I forget my own books. I also have a new book called Tesla Knots. It's a steampunk. It has nothing to do with dinosaurs. But if you want to support my work, there it is. It's also available on Amazon. So and at Barnes and Noble too. So um, and just a heads up, people. It's not alternate history, but it is science fiction. It it, it technically is alternate history, but it doesn't treat it like it. Like yeah, it's it, like it's more like akin to that secret world kind of thing, like with Harry Potter. Yeah, it's where like this it all leans in. this all happened behind the scenes. But yeah. history, the historical events as itself kind of happened unaltered. So, um, yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, that's it for this week. It's the end of every episode of Paleo Bites. What's uh, your rip. do your best? Rip. I can't do much better because of COVID, unfortunately. We're just being zombies, like. Yeah. Oh, that was good. <laughs> It sounded like Barney taking a burp, and I don't mean that Barney from The Simpsons, I mean the purple Barney. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, I imagine, like, you go on and you put on Barney the Dinosaur, and then you just hear that, and then he's just sitting on a couch drunk at school. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got to entertain all those kids, and he's like, afterwards, he's got to be like, oh, man, this job. It's, it's got to suck putting on a 
happy look like that all the time. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.